This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Advanced black lung disease or progressive massive fibrosis affects miners who breathe in quartz rock dust. A new investigation looks into advanced cases. What we found in our previous investigation was 9,000 overexposures to silica dust even after the mining companies responded to the regulation that was in effect at the time. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. More than $800,000 is going to help West Virginia sexual assault victims. Randy Yowie has the story. The federal grant funds provide core services, direct intervention, and related assistance to victims of sexual violence at the state's 12 regional rape crisis centers. Nancy Hoffman, the state coordinator with the West Virginia Foundation for Rape Information and Services, says this annual funding pays for frontline services. You have advocates available 24-7 to go to the hospitals with victims for support if they have a forensic exam. Hoffman says one in six women will experience an attempted or completed rape. She says West Virginia's arrest rates are remarkably low, noting that in 2019, 88% of the sexual assaults that were reported to law enforcement were not cleared. Only 9% were cleared by arrest. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. Advanced black lung disease, or progressive massive fibrosis, is rampant across coal country. It's caused when miners breathe in quartz rock dust as they try to get at seams of coal. Inside Appalachia's Mason Adams recently spoke with Howard Burkus about a new investigation into black lung cases he helped lead, co-published by Public Watch, Louisville Public Media, and Mountain State Spotlight. Your investigations in the past have seemed to have resulted in some action now. MSHA has proposed some new regulations for monitoring silica dust. Yeah, MSHA has taken two very significant steps here in in this proposed rule. One is to make the exposure limit for silica dust twice as tough as it has been. That was recommended by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health back in 1974. And it was recommended again by the Labor Department's own Mine Dust uh, Advisory Committee in 1996. And it's taken all these years for MSHA to finally adopt what has been long recommended, this very tougher limit to exposure to silica dust. That's a major, major improvement. And the second thing that they did is that they decided to regulate overexposure to silica dust directly. In the past, they applied a complicated formula. If a mining company had too much silica dust, then the mining company had to lower the amount of overall mine dust, coal dust and silica dust, in the air. And that was supposed to bring down the silica dust exposure to an acceptable level. But it's not a one-to-one relationship. And what we found in our previous investigation was 9,000 overexposures to silica dust even after the mining companies responded to the to the regulation that was in effect at the time. So now MSHA is directly regulating silica dust 
and there can be uh, citations and fines associated with exceeding the silica dust level. That has never happened in the past. Um, so those are two very promising elements of this proposed rule. There have also been some criticisms of the proposed rule as well. Yeah, mostly on, on enforcement and oversight. There really is no regular oversight built into the rule. Uh, the rule requires mining companies to conduct an enormous amount of sampling of dust and to record the results of those samples. And if they show that there's overexposure to silica dust, the rule requires that the mining companies then make changes in the way they're mining so that the silica dust is limited, is reduced. And there are various things that can be done. They can increase the ventilation. They can make sure that their water sprays on the mining machines are working properly. Those are two key elements in, in managing dust uh, in coal mines. They can slow down the mining machines and not mine so quickly. Uh, they can stop mining a seam that has so much quartz in it. Those are all things that, that mining companies are, are required to do once there's excessive dust. And while they're doing those things, they're allowed to continue to mine and they're allowed to let miners continue to work in what are dangerous levels of dust, but miners must wear respirators. That has its own set of problems. Uh, we've interviewed dozens and dozens of miners uh, since 2016, and they all complain about the dust masks not working properly, clogging up, inhibiting their breathing, getting too hot, inhibiting their ability to communicate with fellow miners in a very dangerous environment. And there are new helmets out that uh, are very effective for protecting miners from dust, but they can block vision and can block communication in ways that can become dangerous in a coal mine. The main problem with all of this is that MSHA is not going to be watching all the time. Uh, mine inspectors only go into coal mines four times a year, and they'll do their own sampling when they're in there. And they can ask to see the results of the sampling the mining companies have done. But what this means is that most of the time, there will be no Mine Safety and Health Administration oversight and enforcement of this new rule. It'll be up to the mining companies. And as coal miner after coal miner after coal miner who we've interviewed over the years will tell you, some mining companies have conducted fraudulent sampling over the years. As recently as last year, there was a criminal prosecution in Kentucky for fraudulent dust sampling. That was Howard Burkus speaking with Mason Adams. You can hear the rest of that interview and more on Inside Appalachia, Sunday mornings at 7 and Sunday evenings at 6 on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.51. Scattered rain today, afternoon thunderstorms possible, some clearing in the west, high temperatures in the 60s and 70s. Tonight, a chance of rain and thunderstorms, lows in the 40s, mostly sunny tomorrow with highs in the 50s and 60s.
Support for WVPB is provided by CRW Airport with new flights to Orlando, Florida, Charleston, South Carolina, and Tampa, Florida on Breeze Airways. Visit JaegerAirport.com. This week's Mountain Stage features longtime friend of the show, world-renowned jazz singer and guitarist, John Pizzarelli. Our song of the week comes from Pizzarelli. We listened to his performance of I Want to Be Happy. It's a song originally featured in the 1925 musical No, No, Nanette. It appears on Pizzarelli's 2023 album Stage and Screen. It's a collection of classic songs from Broadway and Hollywood spanning nine decades.
That was John Pizzarelli performing I Want to Be Happy on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.